Well, hey there, podcast listeners. It's Brian and Tracy, and today's topic is in the category of budgeting. Tracy, what are we talking about today? Yes, we're talking about the seven deadly sins of budgeting. Yeah, so Rachel Cruz put this video together. You can find this at flextalk.org in our budgeting section. But I, I love what Rachel says about this, right? Because um, she understands if, if anyone can talk to budgeting, it's probably Rachel Cruz. And yeah. Tracy, why is that? Well, her dad's Dave Ramsey. So if you know him, he's a like a financial guru. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Dave Ramsey's great, but I've always looked at Dave Ramsey and I've I've said every time I've heard him on the radio, I'm like, I don't understand what the big deal is because <laughs> it's ex everything. It's just no nonsense, common mm -hmm. sense, budgeting tips. It's all the stuff that I grew up with with my dad, who's just like Dave Ramsey. So I never understood the big deal. Well, Brian, it's okay. It's okay. Let Dave have his audience. Your dad's a good man. Yeah. He just doesn't have a radio show. Yeah, but I guess here's what I'm saying is I can re I, I can relate to Rachel Cruz because I had a dad who's really good at budgeting oh, too. right, which is why it's interesting that you and I got married because my view of money was a little different. Well, we're going to get into all of this as we talk about the seven deadly sins of budgeting. But again, uh, husbands, wives, this would be a great one. This is probably a good one to talk about with your kids. Listen to this podcast, hit pause along the way, talk about, you know, of these seven deadly sins, which one is your deadliest? There's some good questions. I love these lists because mm -hmm. they're, it's, they're easy they're to talk easy about. They're easy to talk about, yeah. You know? So let's just jump into it, Trace. Um, I'll, read the, I'll read off the, the sin and we'll connect it to budgeting. And then again, listeners, you can talk about it yourselves. Number one, lust. How in the world is lust <laughs> a sin of budgeting? Well, really, to me, lust is where many of our money troubles come into play because we will uh, focus on something that we want. We might obsess over it, whether it's a certain car that costs more than probably our budget allows, or every time we're in the mall, we see clothes that we just want to buy, that we just are lusting after things. We just, we want. Okay. So yeah, maybe we need to define lust. It, lust is not sexual in this particular no, conversation, no. right? No. So it is about desiring things that you don't have to the point that it becomes an unhealthy obsession. Yes. Right? So um, is this, uh, let me just throw this out there, Trace. Is this a sin that you think is a bigger deal for men? Or for women, for husbands or for wives? Oh, I I think it's both. I think they lust after different things. Mm. Maybe most men aren't lusting after a certain handbag, for example. Yeah. But they're certainly lusting after a car. Yeah. Or maybe a membership at a golf club or something. Mm. Just different things. But men and women definitely lust after and can obsess over whatever item or thing they want. Okay, so what... what would be on the list for women what kinds of <laughs> things do women lust after when it comes to purchasing stuff and maybe a little bit out of control purchasing well i think shopping uh, i know a lot of women that can spend a lot of money on one purse or shoes lots of women obsess and lust after shoes and it might be a pair of shoes you wear one time but you gotta have them because they're cool um jewelry mm. Um, I mean, women even lust after, I know a lot of women that want to spend their money to the point of 
busting their budget on plastic surgery mm. or Botox mm. or the spa treatments that they have to have to keep themselves looking young. Mm-hmm. What about men, Brian? Okay, I, I, don't, I can't speak for all men, uh, but I would say for me and for my son, we, uh, <laughs> we love to purchase electronics. Mm-hmm. We, that's the kind of stuff that we'll look at all day on Amazon or whatever is gear and electronics. And I notice AJ, AJ has that same thing. Mm-hmm. So You're a little bit annoying to talk about this with because I feel like you're unique. I don't think you really lust after a whole lot of stuff as far as what money can buy you. Mm. That's just never been. And again, I think that's to the credit of how you were raised. That just was never a learned behavior you guys had. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I I remember when we first got married, uh, and this is probably a good thing for (laughs) couples out there to talk about in their own lives. It It was a little bit of an adjustment, right? Because I came from my family of origin. You came from yours. We did things very differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad still made, he made good yeah. money, but we had more kids. It just had to go further. You know, we went to dinner. We never went to dinner, but we had, you know, we had a special dinner on Friday nights and usually it was Chinese. Right. Pizza. Yeah. Ordering out, takeout Chinese or pizza. But Chinese isn't cheap, by the way, or at least it's not anymore. Yeah. But that was it. That was when we ate out. We never ate out during the midweek. We never, it was Friday night and that was, that was a special treat. And the most special treat for us was when we would actually go to the restaurant to eat. Wow. And you know what it was? McDonald's. Sizzler? Oh no, it was McDonald's. It was McDonald's. When we went, we were like, oh man, we went to McDonald's, we'd get some hamburger. I appreciate that, that my parents raised me to value, to understand the value of money. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think for you, you were it was such a structured environment and your expectations were never it was never about having something. It's just you guys would eat at home, you didn't spend a lot of money on anything, and you just never learned to even think that was possible to think you could have more than that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was raised in a family with a dad who traveled a lot. And a sister and a mom at home. And so the three of us, my mom would be like, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's just go out because there's only three mouths to feed. And you need some new clothes. Here's the credit card. Go buy them. Now, it wasn't like I was shopping at the super high-end stores, but I could go and do and have what I wanted. So the truth is, when we first got married, the adjustment was really only for me. You were used to, I mean, because we were, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word poor because I think that word... Uh, it's all relative, really. But for us, we, we were both full-time in school, working mm-hmm. part-time jobs. We didn't have any extra income. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I don't want to cook tonight. <laughs> Let's go out. And you're like, what are you talking about? It's Tuesday night. <laughs> Who goes out on Tuesday night? <laughs> so it's interesting, Trace, which this is a good question for couples to talk about themselves. Hit the Hit the little pause button. Which family are we... Is our family more mm. like, how did we raise our kids? More like how my parents raised me or how your parents raised you? What would you say to that? I know, um, I know my answer, by the way. Well, then I want you to go first. No question about it. We are raising our kids the way your parents, closer to the way your parents raised yeah. you. Now, granted, we only have two kids like right. your parents did. But, but I, well, the caveat I was going to put to that, though, is when, when we first started out, we definitely, I feel like, lived and have lived mostly like your family in terms of 
We've never made a habit of eating out a lot midweek. Um, mm. No, really. Yeah. Think about that. That's true. I know because I cook. Listen, I'm not. We're just having no, a conversation. Listen, no, I'm not people. To be if you could see his facial expression right now, he was not <laughs> believing that statement. But really, think about that. Listen, we didn't. We didn't do a lot of eating out. What did AJ just say the other day? He said, "I haven't eaten out." No, I know. <laughs> in three days or something. I'm not like saying that. in the last five years <laughs> since I went okay. back to work and we've become more of a dual income family. I'm yeah. talking about before that. Yeah. I would say I borrowed more things from your family that's true and so it's been in recent years as we've had more money that yes now it's like okay well let's grab a bite on the way home from the game or whatever and well first of all i think maybe we should pause here and say we're not we're not saying there's one necessarily no. one right no, that no. my parents were right yours my parents were more frugal than yours your parents are still very very frugal yeah, and they're good with their money. And they're very good with their money. So I think I think there are different levels of all this, but I think living living beyond your means, right? Yeah. I mean, we're still talking about lust. Lust is when yeah. we're seeking after stuff that we can't afford. Right. Right. You know, like our daughter just recently came to us and said, "Hey, some of my friends want to go on this nice vacation for spring break." Right. To which I'm like, "Okay, well, that's really nice and I'm glad they're able to do that, but that's not in our budget." Yeah. We can do a staycation. Mm. Could take you to the library, buy you a fruity coffee. Yeah. So Kenzie, sorry about that. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. All right, let's go to number two. Explain this one. The mm. second deadly sin is wrath. How does wrath come into play when we're talking about budgeting? Yes, this is important, couples, because mm. I think. We learned early on that a budget was going to be our best friend mm. because of our differences and the way we were raised and because our value system then was shaped by the way we were raised. Yeah. We had to come together and say, we have to make a determination of how we're going to spend money. Yeah. For me, what was good is to learn like how much money we had and how we had to break that down. First of all, paying our bills yeah. and then how other extra things could fall into play. And the reason why we avoided the wrathful piece of it is what happens with most couples is they fight then over money because they don't have a budget, because they don't have a plan together. So then it's like, hey, what the heck? You just mm. spent 300 bucks on this. I'm going to go spend 300 bucks over here. Or I thought we were not spending money and now you're spending money and it becomes a big problem between couples because it's you're not earning trust with each other. You're not on the same page yeah. and you're not working together. And so it becomes a big fight. Let's talk about white shirts for a minute. Do you no, remember? That's such a dumb example. No, this is a great example because this could have been a wrathful moment, right? When we were, it was our first year of marriage and Tracy, you walked in the in the apartment, which by the way, we took our kids to a couple of years ago to show them <laughs> our first. And we took a, a famous photo there where they were like, you lived here? They thought it was like the worst thing ever the worst part of town it was a lovely little community oh it was just a small Who have we old raised? apartment wow. i know anyway you walked into that door with a bag from tj maxx or somewhere mm -hmm. right and you you pulled out a t-shirt i'm like what, what what is that i this Love, you don't remember yeah right and you kind of, well then you tell the story how did it go I know it wasn't another white shirt. You always use that example. Like I had nine I white know. shirts. It, I, I don't didn't remember have... much, but I do remember that it was no. a white. Well, you felt like I already had and, one or two of the same kind of shirt. And you, you said, I, you said, I, it's a white. I said, but you already have a white shirt, right? Mm -hmm. 
And you said, I still, I'll never forget the word you use. You said it's that white shirts are a staple of a woman's wardrobe. That's true though. And so therefore you, so you had a couple already. And so now you are getting another one. And it just didn't, it seemed, again, from my background, it seemed like, why would you need another? You are, if you already have a white shirt. Yeah. So, okay. So to this point then, mm. if we had a budget and I had X amount of money that I could spend on clothes then you can zip it if I come home and haven't overspent in that category, right? Well, th this is this is the point. This is why I'm bringing it up is we had to learn. That's a, maybe a, that is a pretty stupid example. And every couple probably has their own example, right? right? But we had, to, we had to learn, wait a second, we don't want to turn this into um, me against you. Um, it still needed to be, wait, we need to be on the same page. And, and I think getting on the same page meant... Understa understanding how powerful a budget could be. So couples hear this because this is what we ended up doing. We said, let's, let's use a budget. Some of you might think you don't need a budget, but we said, let's, let's write down what, what we kind of, what our expectations are, what our goals are with our money so that, so that it was so helpful. Right. So you didn't have to be the bad guy. Right. Or I didn't have and to be the bad guy. And then you didn't have to question everything that yeah. I spent because to you, some of that would have seemed frivolous. To me, yeah. it wasn't. But as, as long as we were both spending within the amount we had allotted, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't question one another. Yeah. That avoids wrath. So use a budget to avoid that second deadly sin, wrath. All right, Trace, the third one is pride. How mm -hmm. does pride fit into budgeting? Well... I mean, I think, and I, I can see this even in our own relationship, that we, you know, as we've made more money, I suppose we can begin to think we can spend it. Mm. Or we've been really good over the last couple of years, and we didn't take any big vacations, or we've always driven used cars, and yep. I feel like we kind of deserve to step it up a notch and chase after the Joneses a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think... Couples out there, if you're if you struggle with money with budgeting, some of it might be pride that you feel like you need the name brand thing, mm -hmm. or instead of driving a Hyundai Sonata, which we drive three of, we love the Hyundai we Sonata. Why do people give that such a bad rap? It's great value, and Hyundai is not paying us to say this, <laughs> though yet. they should. Yes, but some people would say, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to drive. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drive one of those." Right, and so they go beyond their means to right. to project some somebody that they're not or whatever you know i've even got a guy uh, I, whom i very much respect he's a wealthy businessman in san francisco that i talk with on on occasion and he's becoming a good friend and i appreciate that he could afford especially in his line of mm -hmm. business he could afford to drive a tesla and everybody's driving teslas or whatever and he just drives a, i think he said he drives a camry hmm. but he admitted he said hey it's sometimes i'm my my you know it's embarrassing sure. when I'm yeah. getting in my Camry. Because we have something to prove, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And the next guy's getting in his Tesla, and he's thinking, oh, he must not be doing very well. Well, and I'll tell you what. I don't know about anybody else, but I remember going through the 08 crash and just being mm -hmm. thankful that we had not put ourselves in right. any financial situation, that we were beyond our means. Yep. Because um, that'll teach you real fast that it's better to... Be smart not to overspend in any one area and get get prideful or chase after some object that you couldn't really afford because yeah. that'll come back to bite you yeah. in, in uh, slower times. By the way, one more shout out for my buddy. He One of the reasons he does it is because he has other values. Mm -hmm. He's a big giver. 
he wants to uh, he wants to put his kids through college, right? And uh, so he has pride in something else than what he drives around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's proud of his kids. He's proud of of his uh, the choices that he makes. You know. So anyway, I'm proud of you, Dave. You know who I'm talking. Nice, good shout you out. You know who I'm talking about, David. All right, number four, envy. Mm, well, come on. You give an example. Have you ever had envy, Brian, for something somebody's had? Hmm. I don't know. Honestly. Come on. See, this is people, this is why it's kind of annoying. I have to be married to this. Like, he just really, I mean, you've got your faults, but you really don't, money and stuff is not your vice. I wish I I had more hair. Yeah. I look Mm. at someone's full head of hair and I think, could have been me. Could have been me. I've got a head a little closer to Dave Ramsey. (laughs) Minus the money. You don't have any envy for like traveling, seeing the world when you hear people and cool things they see? Okay, hold on a second. I, it's time. It's coming up now. Yeah, sometimes we, we counsel or we mentor younger couples. <laughs> and at my first reaction when we're going through budgeting with them, and we've got a couple, several masters between us, and and we have chosen with our lifestyle mm-hmm. and our career choice that mm-hmm. we're not going after money we didn't chase the big the big uh paychecks necessarily and to see what some people are making straight out of college and they're already making more than either one of us makes i i i admit it i get my first reaction is i don't know if envy is the right Mm -hmm. word or if it's anger or if it's (laughs) this is unjust unjust i don't know what it is but maybe envy is exactly what it is what about you yeah i mean like i think there's times like i hear people's stories of traveling and just not having to, I mean, like for us to take a European vacation, I mean, I looked into it. I mean, that was going to be almost a year's college tuition. Like it's just, it's hard to get my head around spending mm-hmm. that just for a 10 day vacation. So I do find myself mm-hmm. envying people that have that kind of disposable income that for them to do that isn't breaking the bank, right. or meaning they can't do something else. They don't even have to think about they it. They don't have to think about it. They yep. just plan a trip and go. But I will say this, with some of the wealthy friends that we know, that it, it, I would imagine it's still, it's hard to really, for some people, if you can have anything you want, anytime you want it, I wonder if it's hard to mm-hmm. really enjoy anything. Because there's something about the chase. There's something mm-hmm. about, hey, we just we just saved to buy that car. Yeah. And now we now we have a whole different, you know, we value it at a whole different level. Yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe Tracy, rich people are envious of us because we can truly enjoy our purchases. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should ask them. Do you envy me being more simple? If any <laughs> driving of you, my Sonata. If any of you are out there listening, and you are envious of our position, you we want to encourage you to donate to Flex Talk as much as you want to yeah. uh, release yourself of the burden of all of your money. <laughs> Right. And begin to enjoy life a little bit more. Uh, uh, okay, number five, sloth. Yeah, that's funny. It's true, though. I mean, gosh, how many times in counseling? It's like the amount of effort people expend fighting over money, it would be way easier to just sit down, put the energy into making your budget and being, you know, something we've done over the years is just a couple times a year, we'll just track our spending, you know, I'll just, I'll just really pay attention. Like how much did we spend on eating out? Mm. How much have we been spending on shopping or tech gear or something? Mm -hmm. And just kind of rework our numbers and just pay attention to it. And let's not be lazy in that. I just think it's, it's worth 
spending the time to make a budget, track it until you get a discipline that you can kind of, I mean, now I don't have to think so much because I've trained myself like, okay, I'm at the grocery. I typically spend X amount on groceries a week. Um, but it was really at, when I was learning how our spending habits worked, it was very insightful to pay attention. How much, oh my gosh, I just went to Target and I spent how much? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think, yeah. Don't be lazy in the pursuit of making a budget and tracking your expenses until you really get dialed in on where you need to be as a family. Yeah, and I think that's one way of looking at sloth when it comes to this as being too lazy to budget. But I think my first reaction when I saw this word, and this isn't, I don't think what Rachel Cruz meant on the video, but my first reaction was to think, well, some people are are just too, their lifestyle is lazy. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they don't, they haven't learned how to work hard for their money. And so as a result, they can't keep a job or they're not, right. you know, they're never earning or whatever. And I, so I think there are a couple of ways to look at sloth. I mm. think sloth can come back to bite you either way. Yeah. However you look at it. Number six, gluttony. Yeah. She really talks about it in terms of food consumption. Mm. Let's talk about of... that. <laughs> Here's a challenge that we've taken a few times. Like there was a time my son wanted to play on this basketball team and they were going to be traveling like nationally. So it was going to be expensive. And I was like, oh, my goodness, if we're going to make this work in our budget, what are some things that we can start to cut out? Mm-hmm. And one of the things, do you remember that we did like now you guys, I know this is going to sound stupid because it would save you t- 10 bucks a time. But every time you ate out over the course of the year, that added up to a couple hundred bucks. Yep. But it was we would only drink water. We wouldn't get drinks at a restaurant. And that was brilliant, by the way. Parents, I would encourage you to do this if you want a a real practical way to start, you know, watching your budget and involving your kids in it. Yeah, because the kids would be like, oh, man. Yeah. But still to this day, even I mean, that was like four years ago now. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, we don't, we don't, we definitely don't order drinks every time we eat out. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that does. And that's like, and that's only if you haven't noticed, you guys, because most of us don't even look at the menu, but. Restaurants are making a killing on sodas and tea yeah, and all yeah. that stuff because no one's paying attention. Yep. So at some restaurants, it's over three bucks. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think the bigger thing is we're teaching our kids how to be aware. Yes. How to sacrifice. Yes. You know, maybe it's a small sacrifice, but I appreciate that our kids kind of look at us if we go out to dinner and say, right. can we, can I order mm-hmm. a coke or an iced tea or something like that right. I, I i love it that they think that right right well even like for us uh you know think about your starbucks budget you know and how much we spend on coffee in a week right i mean again it's not that that's bad and if you can afford that in your budget that's great but it also might be really interesting to just choose for a month to not and see how much money you save yeah yeah i think it's some of those sort of things that you think are automatic yeah uh, you know, like, well, no, it's just coffee. I deserve a coffee, and then you, and pretty soon you don't even think about what you're, right, what you're spending on it. Like our neighbor who would get a Starbucks every single morning, right. And I remember thinking, like, how, how can they afford? <laughs> how can she afford to get a Starbucks? Now, maybe some listeners are like, really, like, that's ridiculous. Wait, but listen, here, hold on. This, this has it has a good ending. That family lost their home. Oh, yeah. I mean, they clearly had other financial problems. Well, but I think it's all related is they weren't good at budgeting. They didn't, they, they weren't disciplined on the daily stuff. Right. So they had problems with the daily budgeting, like uh, getting a Starbucks whenever they wanted to every day. She would drive down to the Starbucks and grab one. 
and they had problems with the daily expenditures, but then they had, obviously they had problems because right. the husband then was always buying a new trailer or whatever, yeah. a new toy. And so they had big purchase problems and little purchase problems and it didn't take a, right. but a few years and they're, they're foreclosing on their home. But that's the kind of the, I mean, our culture and in America, because we are a wealthy society, I mean, gluttony is is a major issue where yeah. we just, because we can afford to have too much, eat too much, drink too much. Yeah. It's just easy for us. It's all very accessible. You know how many pounds of food per year Americans eat on average? Well, I see it here. It's pretty disgusting. Do you want to tell them? 2,000 pounds <laughs> Of food. It was on the internet, so it must be true. Thank God for metabolism. All right, last one. The seventh deadly sin when it comes to budgeting, well, just in general, we're just applying all these to budgeting, is greed. This mm -hmm. is save the best for last, right? This is pretty obvious. Here's the famous quote We spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't even like. Ooh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's tweetable right there. We'll, we'll, we'll wait a second so people can pull their phones out and tweet that. We spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. Mm. Mm. Yeah, greed is just, it's like a big old monster. Mm. Just wants to consume us. I mean, I so many friends of ours, like even, even the neighbors you were just giving an example, you know, they built a custom home and did the highest end of, everything they put in the like they couldn't afford it to start out and mm -hmm. and i think once we start down that road you just we want more we want more we deserve more we should have the best and it just overtakes us yeah there was a survey out there i, I don't know the, the stats in in particular but it, i'm going to kind of estimate it when they asked all these different people from different classes different mm. strata you know levels in the stratosphere the economic stratosphere and they said how much money do you need? Mm -hmm. Like how much how much money would you want, right? And what was interesting is people, almost everybody, didn't, didn't matter where you were in life, almost everybody said like something like 20% more than I have right now. Wow. Right? So everybody just wants a little bit more. Nobody I, was I, content. Nobody was content. Mm. It was like everyone was just asking for... Just a little bit more. A little bit more. Now, I know we have some people who are asking for a lot more, but mm -hmm. everyone was just, if I just made 20% more. And the truth is that 20%, we'd spend it somewhere and lose it anyway. Well, right. At that 20%, we'd end up wanting 20% more after we, right. we got there. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing I want to say too is, I hope you guys don't feel like, I mean, we've had a little bit of fun with this, but, you know, everybody has to make their own decision about their budget. You know, everybody makes a different amount of money. Everyone has different, um, you know, bills and, and kind of the stuff that comes off the top. I mean, our hope is that you take the challenge of just thinking about these seven sins, thinking about the way you view money, how you value money. And as a family, that you would really make decisions based on your principles and goals you have in life, where you're trying to go, and then adjust your spending accordingly. So that might, you know, that's going to look different for every person and we're not trying to look down and being critical of people that we feel like go to Starbucks or something. But if, you, if you're interested to track your money and if you have some different goals, then don't just spend it because you think you have it. Take a challenge, make a budget, track it, you know, deny yourself some things. I think that's good for us all to do from time to time. Yeah, well said. Well, again, it was called Seven Deadly Sins of Budgeting. You could find it at 
flextalk.org in the budgeting section. So go check it out. Have this conversation with your spouse, with a mentor, have it with your kids, and we'll see you in the next episode. Well, hey there, podcast listeners. Hope you enjoyed that particular episode. And Tracy and I just wanted to tell you real quick about an opportunity to give to flextalk.org. Yeah, maybe you guys aren't aware that flextalk.org is a nonprofit and we exist solely by the generous giving of donors who believe in what we're trying to do. Yeah, we have content for the home um, and that's why we have this Flextalk family podcast. We also have content that we bring into schools around the nation and then content for the workplace. So our goal, our desire is to get people talking about things that really matter and your giving is a big part of that. So if you'd like to give, remember, it is all tax deductible. Go to flextalk.org forward slash donate.